Okay, at this time, we have the pleasure of hearing our first speaker is going to be Mr. Doyle Carter, and his message is entitled, My Peace I Give to You. Greetings, everyone. I say that because it's nice to be back at church. Oklahoma weather can be really crazy, I found out last week. I was talking to one of the members, and they were talking about the ice. We got it in the trees. But if you went to Owasso, it was on the roads, which is even worse place. And on that Sabbath, this is where I got that topic, I found great peace. Got plenty of sleep, got to relax. Still miss everyone, and I'm happy. That's why I said greetings, I'm happy to be back. So to our message today, I want to focus on peace today, but not world peace, not like all over the world. I want to focus on peace like an inner peace, like, you know, when something goes wrong or when we have problems or whatever, that we could be at peace. Jesus offers his disciples and followers peace. We see this in John 14, 27. It says, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And as a companion scripture, couldn't resist it, in John 16, 33, says, these, th these things I spoke to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble or tribulation, but of but. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus offers us peace of mind, because he said in the world we'll have trouble. So I want to look at first off, what is the peace of the world? Now, in defense of the world a little bit, as far as their peace, there is those moments like this week when I worked my 47-hour week, when I got home and knew the day was over, I was able to sit on my couch and do nothing. I had at least a momentary peace at least until the next morning when everything went crazy at work. This is because I work, basically, we uh, deal with taxes and all that, so we take care of the shred, and like I said, it was crazy. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my job. The point is, it's a temporal peace in the world. I mean, like I said, when I come home and go, I'm, it's over, I get to rest. But it's only temporary. It's not permanent. It's not any, or like when I go take walks or when I went walks, or when I went to the Grand Canyon and set out and watched the Grand Canyon with my dad. Of course, that came from God to some degree, his, the awesomeness of God's creation. But the world likes to stress us, causes tribulation or trouble. I say trouble. Like the news. The news wants to give us all bad news, all the stuff that's going on that's horrifying around us and wants to downgrade leaders and do things that they shouldn't. We got in not just news, your job could be stressful depending on what goes on at your job. You know, as you go to work thinking it's going to be an awesome day, and it turns out you go home, go to work, and then suddenly all, everything goes, falls under. It happens. Our life could go a little crazy. It's the way it goes. Or we have bills we're not sure how to pay, and we're still having to work overtime to make it. Or family, health, you know, whatever. I'm not going to go on a long list. You could probably add more to it. But everybody seeks some form of inner peace. My dad sent me a book on that. I'll, maybe one day I'll read it and make it present it here. But it was supposed to be a book on inner peace, and it was a bestseller. But it doesn't have anything to do with Christ, ironically, so I didn't really care much for it. 
But, it, but people go to like, they do yoga, not yogurt, even though I said this week when I made that mistake. He said, funny. I said, that wasn't funny. I was tired. I just happened to say what first thing came to mind. But they'll think of meditation, clear your brain out, mind out. Or they'll think of, you know, whatever. They'll find peace in whatever they can find. Some find, seek it in religion, like Buddhism. You know, Buddhism claims to be a religion of peace and supposed to tranquility, and I think it's nirvana is what they call it when they're supposed to have the ultimate peace. I don't study foreign religions as much. But as, you, as I said, it's all temporal. And if you do mention, and this, this, this scripture came, and it, it, Brian doesn't have it, so I was just going to run through it quick. I had mentioned this to somebody a few weeks ago. I was going to think about speaking on this. He said, well, I think of peace as this. I have a good job. I have money in the bank. I have no troubles. I told him, well, if the bank loses your bank account, the, your, you lose your job, it's not peaceful. And Jesus kind of addresses that in one of his parables. And if you just want to follow, I mean, Brian doesn't have to even bring it up. It's just that, you know, it says in Luke 12, 16 to 21, you see a parable of a, man, a certain rich man who yield plentiful. And then and he, he thought to himself, and this is what he thought. <clears throat> what shall I do since I have no room for this to store my crops? And then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, greater barns, and they will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, I have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat and drink and be merry. Now, God's response to this in the parable is, he says, let's see, let's see, he says, fool, this night your soul will be required of you, then those who these things be which you, anyway. The point is, he, in the parable, okay, it wasn't supposed to be a part of just something I thought of, I've had someone argue with me, seriously argue with me and say, I have a good job, I have a bank account, but death is something that also disrupts our peace. You know, as we get older, we start realizing that our life isn't as long as we'd like it to be. You know, at 21, you don't notice it. It's like, ah, I'm active, I'm powerful, and then you get older. It's not that you're dead at 50 or whatever, but you start feeling the aches and pains. You start realizing, wow, i got 20 or 30 years left. You know, it's, the, the thoughts kick in. But we'll address that part of the piece in, a, in the next one of my points. In fact, let's get into that. Let's get into what peace Jesus Christ offers us. I have four points. I want to present four points. You may have other points you, want to, you have in mind, but these are the ones due to lack of time and just things I look at. First, we see that Jesus Christ and God the Father will never leave us. I would like to call on my example from Paul, and who wrote to the Romans in Romans 8 through 35. He addresses this topic, and he says, Paul wrote to the right to the Romans in verse 35 of Roman 8, Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, which I'm afraid of heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We can take great comfort that the love of God will always be with us. Unfortunately, in this life, things come and go. And I'm not necessarily talking death. Sometimes you meet someone, he's your best friend. Like I remember somebody named Gordon. I knew him for years. And he moved to Louisiana. I don't know what happened to him. You know, he just, he, but he was a good friend at the time. And sometimes it is death, unfortunately. Like my parents might be gone one day, if I don't go for them. But things are transcendental in this world. I mean, things you have. My, like my last car, I loved it when I first got it. After, what, seven years, it got old. It, and I had to go get a new one. Now I love my new car now. And in 10 years, I'll probably go, it's time to get a new one. It's, that's the way it goes. But the God of the universe promises to never separate us for our entire life. So when you call upon him, he's not saying, well, I'm playing Parcheesi with my best friend today. I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. He's not too busy for us. My second point, he will provide for us in our needs, in our life. He's not going to let us just go down the wayside. Paul wrote to the Philippians in 4 verses 6 through 7, Be not anxiety for nothing, being the anxious, I'm sorry, well, worried, as one says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. My example here is I, I, my job. I was telling some people, I'm thankful for having it. Well, first off, I'll say, he says, be thankful for everything. And then he says, to pray in supplication. Well, my prayer is, they've already told me three times they're willing to hire me. It's just they've got to get an opening. So I will pray about that. And I can take great peace that God has heard it and is going to work with that. So I can take the last part of this scripture and said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your and mind through Christ. Because sometimes I worry about things a little too much. One of my little flaws. And I, I can take and take great I can take great peace that God will actually take care of whatever it needs to be in that area. And the same with your life. If you have a need of some sort, you can pray to him, be thankful what you, for his presence. In first Peter five, six through seven. He says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He says it point blank, he cares for you. So God does care. And I would, I would rather be, I'm, I like that when he says the, see, the mighty hand of God. We're talking about the God of the universe who created the stars and the universe. And we're still learning how big it is. We don't even know how large the universe still is. We're still learning. And my last scripture on this point was the one I always go to because I like it. It's Matthew 6, 31 through 33. You can almost recite it in your sleep. I almost could. But it's, it's a really good one from Jesus Christ. Just directly from him. He says on the Sermon on the Mount, 
Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the nations, Gentiles, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all, thing, all these things shall be added to you. As long as you're doing your part, seeking the kingdom of God, his righteousness, reading the Bible, praying, doing what you're supposed to do, he says he will take care of your needs. So when something happens, like, like if you have a financial issue, he will come in and help you out. He's not going to let you fall through the net, as I used to say, where you kind of fall through. He's going to cover, he's going to, hey, he has your back, as my friend said at work this week. My third point is when I was discussing with someone today at church, one of our guests. We were talking about death, as I was talking about earlier. You know, God, it's great that God takes care of us in this life. It's great. It's awesome. You know, we need someone to back us up. You know, I know he can utilize, like my, in my case, my dad and some other sources, and in your case, maybe the church, you know, whatever. But death seems to be something that's mysterious to most human beings. I mean, I read these, I like to read old books, and they try to explain it's, you know, this and that, and these and those. They just don't care what the Bible says. Doesn't realize it's asleep. For all matters. For all practical purposes. And we fear the unknown, and no one's ever came back to tell us what it's like, which, which again, the Bible tells us is asleep. But, and so we fear it. Here's what Jesus, here's what Paul told the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 57, I might kind of dodge a few here and there to, for the sake of time, but I'll read the basics. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment of twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead will, be, will rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the, this corruption must put on incorruption, this mortality must put on immortality, because we are mortal, let's face it. So when this corruption puts on incorruption, this mortal puts on immortality, then shall it be, shall bring, okay, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is said, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of the sin is the law, but thanks be to God, we are, for, I'm sorry, read that again. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. He promises to resurrect us. So all the accomplishments, you know, the reason I collect books, I was thinking about that last night, is not because I want my books to be kept. I'll lose those. Eventually, someday, whether a fire or unfortunate events or whatever, they'll all vanish or they'll go to someone else, or who knows what. I, I'm trying to prepare myself because I know that in the resurrection, I will be back, brought back by God. God will say, hey, guess what? Time to come up. Last trump. Your rest is over, Dole. you got to do whatever, or whoever he's speaking to. And what, what some, like, the guest mentioned, and I didn't even think about this, another piece in mind. I mention it once in a while. My grandfather. Because my mom always, of course, talks high of my grandfather. He will also have a resurrection. And someday I could sit with him and say, hey, I'm your grandson. Or if you've lost someone, there's a resurrection for them. So it's not just you he's going to resurrect. He's going to resurrect your loved ones 
He's going to resurrect those we've lost in the church. We're all going to have a chance. We're going to be back again. And that's, something, that's a peace of mind. So no matter what happens in our lives, what events occur, we know that the future is bright. And one I really like and I harp on also as well is the fact that God has a lot more than just giving us eternal life. He has a lot more than that. He wants to, he wants to resurrect us as sons and daughters in the, in sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. For we see in Romans 8, 14 through 18, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. So we've got to be led by the Spirit of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is also a good way to disrupt our peace because in our lives, you know, when we face a situation like a tribulation, this is from the heart. I remember being garnished and having another problem hit at the same time. I just took faith that God would be with me because that's all there was to it. I mean, what's there to say? So, but he removes the bond, the, so again, he says, and you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I consider the suffering of this present time, that present time, let me read that, redo that one. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Think about this. God has declared us, if we're led by the Spirit, and we are the sons of God. We're going to be in his family. This is not just like my family. I, you know, I mentioned dad having money and willing to help, blah, blah. We're talking about, I mean, not the belittling my dad, but God the Father owns the universe. When you go up and say, I'm short 20 bucks for my bills, it's not like that's a big deal to him. It's like, so what? I can work on that. That's an easy request. You know, and if you need a car or you need something or you need peace of mind, maybe a job, God can work with that. Hey, he... And being a part of his family, like a dad, he, would, he cares about his children. A good dad cares about his child. He wants to know what's going on. He said, oh, you need a little assistance? Let me see what I can do for you. He may not hand it to you, but he'll make you work for it, or he'll do whatever lessons he feels he needs to make happen. Like, like I said, when I mentioned the garnish, my dad, when he helped me with that garnishing, he didn't give me the money. He said, I'm not going to take, they're taking 25% out of your check. You can't even live. So what he did was, I make it a loan. You pay me as fast as you can do it and get out of debt. And that's a good debt. And, that's, and God may do that with us too as well. He might start us on a job that's not like our, what we want when we say we want a job. But at the same time, in time, you might find out this was the perfect job. You just need to get work up in it. And that's just one example. So being part of his family is awesome. We'll be heirs and co-heirs. So in conclusion to this, Jesus offers us peace for those who are, who are led by the Spirit, who are disciples and followers, and, he, and anyone, and that's not exclusive. When I say that, I thought about when I said it the other night, anyone who would be willing to allow him 
to become part of his life and follow his teachings. He promises us peace, not like the world, where you might be, okay, one day your job, for a year your job might work just fine, and then suddenly there's a rocky roll and you lose your job. God is there. It's not temporal. He's always there. As I said, in the first point, he will never leave you, no matter what circumstance, distress, persecution. I mean, whether you have issues with finances, you're unemployed, whatever it is, he's there. Death won't even remove him. Second, as a follower, he will also provide for your needs. You can pray to God. He will actually hear you. He'll work out the best solution. Again, it may not be just, oh, well, here it is on a silver plate, but he, or, you know, gives it to you, but he might work out some solution. And sometimes he may even know your problem before you even come to him, and you're going, what's taking you so long? And don't realize your time frame and God's time frame is a totally different thing. God's eternal. We're just kind of like, uh, I want it now. He's there. Third, he has an awesome plan beyond our life. Besides us being in the kingdom, he plans to resurrect us, that fear of death, non-existence. He will give us a resurrection after him. He'll make us immortal. So we won't have aches and pains like I have in my hands after work sometimes when I go and I'll see better and I'll hear again better. And young people don't understand that, but as you get older, you will start seeing that. But the point is, he will promise a body that's much better and you won't have to worry about that problem. And he plans to make us heirs. What better dad would we have? What better father could we have as, other than God the Father? The one who listens to us, cares for us, knows what's best for us, ultimately knows what's best, and works with us. And having a brother, Jesus Christ, who we pray through, who gives us the promises. We go through Christ, of course, as we've read in many scriptures here or today. What better brother would you like to have? You know, he's there. So when you read that verse... When you consider what Jesus says in John 14, 27, in conclusion of this, when you consider this, the four points I've made, the peace he offers, and many others you may think of. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm only, like I say, my time is limited, so I don't have time just to you can make sermons on it. Whatever you consider the peace of God, in my case, it's the security of my, the security that God is there, will never leave me, he's got a future for me, I, I can trust the mighty hands of God that I am in good hands. As, as Allstate used to say, you're in good hands with Allstate. Well, you're in good hands with God. So as you read, when you reread this, when I encourage you to read it again, when you read it in, in John 14, 27, consider what it, the deeper meaning of this. When Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you to you. Not as the world gives, gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 